Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and communication devotee. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365. On this day in 1861, Telegraph Company, Western Union, completed the nation's first transcontinental telegraph line. Fortunately, this meant that citizens could finally communicate almost instantaneously between the coasts. Unfortunately, it rendered the Pony Express obsolete, but let's take a little deeper into the past. Communication before 1861 was nothing like we know it today. In 1841, it took 110 days for the news of the death of President William Henry Harrison to get to Los Angeles from Washington, D.C., when California officially became a state in 1850. Everyone knew that there needed to be a more efficient way for the East Coast to communicate with its Western brother. Until the telegraph, the fastest system available was the Pony Express. The Pony Express was a relay system of riders and horses who worked day and night to deliver the mail. They rode the horses at a full gallop and switched horses every 15 miles at relief stations. The riders would switch horses four or five times to ride between 75 and 100 miles per shift. In the summer, it took 10 days to go cross-country. In winter and spring, it could be up to two weeks. It cost $5 per ounce to send something along the Pony Express, much more expensive than sending mail now, especially considering inflation. That $5 in 1861 would be about $140 today. Today, it only costs 50 cents to send a half-ounce letter. Though it's taken up a big chunk of time in folklore history, the Pony Express was only actually in operation for a year and a half. Before the telegraph line that connected the western and eastern United States could be invented, the telegraph itself had come into existence. That happened about 30 years prior, in the 1830s. Samuel Morse, of Morse Code fame, is also the inventor of the telegraph. Morse wasn't just an inventor, he was also a well-regarded painter. In the intervening years, communications advances were happening all over the world, many of which would help make the transcontinental telegraph line possible. Congress passed the Telegraph Act in 1860. It let the government begin accepting bids on the construction of a telegraph line between Missouri and California. They were also able to regulate the service depending on who provided it. The bill appropriated government money to give the telegraph company because it was thought that it would be too expensive for an individual business to produce on its own. In the beginning, several men bid for the right to create the line, but eventually everyone dropped out except for Iram Sibley who was a partner in Western Union. There was already a telegraph network on the East Coast, and this project worked to connect it to other networks in California. Western Union strung the line across roads, mountains, plains, and canyons to wind its way across the country. 
The main links were in Omaha, Nebraska, and Carson City, Nevada. Telegraph officials contacted Shokup, the head chief of the Shoshanese, to discuss how the telegraph construction could work for the Native American community. He wasn't able to attend the planned meeting due to an illness in the family, but he sent a telegraph saying that he would respect the line if the construction workers were respectful to his tribe. Eventually, Native Americans were hired to tend to livestock along the construction path, and the construction bosses told their workers that if they treated the Native Americans poorly, they'd be dismissed from the crew. The construction launched on July 4th, 1861. The main objective was connecting the western part of the telegraph, basically Omaha to California. The process of building the line went like this. Men staked off the line, other men dug holes, then they stuck poles in the holes and filled in the ground. On the poles hung the eponymous line. It was slow work. Only three to eight miles of wire were installed per day. Weather could also make construction even slower. One night, snowfall covered men who were sleeping on the ground and they woke up buried. Luckily, it was light enough that they weren't suffocated or frozen, but scary nonetheless. The Chief Justice of California, Stephen J. Field, wired a message from San Francisco to Washington, D.C. to Abraham Lincoln, the current president. The subject? Congratulating Lincoln on the completion of the wire, of course. He also told Lincoln that California was proud to support the Union in the ongoing Civil War. For the first time, an instantaneous message was delivered from San Francisco to Washington. It wasn't easy to maintain the telegraph line once it was completed. It was easily damaged by lightning, wind, and snow. And in the West, bison could rub up on the poles, which rendered parts of the line inoperable. Some of the disruptions were man-made. Confederate forces attempted to cut lines in Missouri to sabotage the Union, so the line had to be rerouted through Chicago. Metaphorically and literally, the telegraph line brought the nation together. Of course, it enabled people to communicate across country, but it was also during the midst of a civil war when the nation was as far apart ideologically as it was geographically. As you surely know, the telegraph didn't live forever, just like the Pony Express before it. It became obsolete when the next form of communication came along, the telephone. Telegram usage began to decline in the 1950s, and the USPS stopped the service altogether in 1977. Now, we're going to go over 100 years forward in time to our music fact for today. Ever heard of Taylor Swift? Of course you have. Well, it was this day, October 24th in 2006, that she released her first album. It was simply called Taylor Swift. Iconic hits from that album still slap today. Teardrops on my guitar, anyone? Anger Anthem pictured a burn, and Tim McGraw got even more famous when Taylor named a song after him. Since then, Swift hasn't stopped, recording seven more albums plus numerous singles in the intervening years. No matter how much time passes, I gotta be honest with you, Love Story will still remain the anthem of my childhood. And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to be going back into my photo archives and see what I was up to on October 24th in my life. On October 24th, 2019, I was actually in Nebraska, which is weirdly related to this episode of 365, um, because I was driving cross country to my next tour spot last year on the Masquerade tour. And my best friend, Anna, She's my best friend in the whole world. She had made a piano version of the Zach Fox and Kenny Beats song, Jesus is the One, or I Got Depression. And I thought it would be a really great idea to duet her. So I made harmonies. And here it is. Hey, everybody. So I just wanted to upload a cover because um, I love music. It's a huge passion of mine. And this song That's really Anna speaking. Me, so hopefully you enjoy it. You better praise God in 
like operatic. So that's what I was up to on an October 24th in my life. Kenny Beats actually ended up retweeting it and being like, oh my God. Then a bunch of people got mad at me because they were like, why is this white person appropriating Zach's song? And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. I'm only I'm only halfway white, but you know what? Fair enough. I understand. I shall not touch this song ever again, although I do quite enjoy playing it on ukulele. And that is all for today's episode. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can come back tomorrow for more facts from yesterday. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.